trying to get out my head Plug in the mic and leave nothing unsaid Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk Spoken words episode 134. Finally, not I got it. last week. I got it. But this week. What? Uh, What's huh? that? What's that? Huh? <laughs> you were saying 134 last week. Oh. Oh, yeah. Was I? Yeah. <laughs> like it's 134. <laughs> My eyes are wide shut on 134. <laughs> wide shut. <laughs> What'd you say? God makes flowers. I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, he said God makes flour. He don't make bread. Cupcakes. That much? Oh, cupcakes. cupcakes. <laughs> bread. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Unspoken Words, episode 134 in the house. Speak on it. But before we get into that, over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus, number 83 in the place to be, Pod Gotti, Randy B. Ah, Shoda. Shoda G. Miles. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I thought you said Bashi. <laughs> no. I was like, who? Over here to my right, all the way from Babu 909090, <laughs> he is your favorite Indian, your ace on one, JCB. Say shoulder. Shoulder. Shoulder lay. Is that how you say it? Shoulder lay. Show the levato. Show the levato. <laughs> Show miles. Hey, and you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from up the road in Arrow Creek. Aho. 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 little big man. <laughs> little big man. <laughs> oh, man. It's warming up out there. It's warming up. It's warming up. I'm glad it's not hot in here, though. It wasn't too bad when I walked in and opened the window. So mm. and he came in and he's like, "Yeah, it's not too bad." So yeah, that's all right. The occasional motorcycle or police car might drive by. So if you guys hear that, don't worry, we're here too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So the last episode, I was listening to while I was driving. I had to go out to the res today, so I turned it on. And in the beginning, there's a siren. Yeah. I looked in my mirror. <laughs> I was like, out in the country. Not me. I was like, looking in my mirrors. I was like, oh, come out here. Come out here. <laughs> See that? So I say, yeah, we, we hear it too. We heard it. <laughs> Juked me up. But like, uh, remember those lights that I got in my car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first got them, I, they were they were flashing, and I swear I thought I was getting pulled over. Check my rear view mirror. <laughs> oh, man, it's just those stupid lights. What'd you do with the mini heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Did you guys get to get, to get outside or anything mm-hmm. this week? Yeah, this week has been nice in the evenings. Uh, yeah. Well, let's see. Um, Tuesday, my mom was here, so oh, yeah. got a birthday dinner. And yesterday, I got a birthday dinner, too, for nice. my dad this time. Okay. So when is the actual day? Yesterday. Oh, yesterday? Happy, oh, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, too. Uh, 17th? 17th. That's right. Okay, yeah. Happy, happy, belly, belly button. Happy seventieth birthday. And we'll I, spank you off here. <laughs> you could spank me now. <laughs> oh, spank me live. <laughs> spank me live. What? Oh, they, they should. That should be like a name of a band. Spank me live. <laughs> Put your cheek by the mic. Then. Oh. <laughs> 
That's an awesome band named Spank Me. And now, Spank Me Live. And now, Spank Me Outside. What their <laughs> number one hit? <laughs> spank Me to the Car. <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday. Spank Me. <laughs> and now, our next Hey, that'd guest. be a good shirt. Thank you, Robinson. Thank you, JC and the spank me outside. No, and well, I was going to say something, but yeah, go ahead, say it. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. You can say whatever you want. I was going to say, how about JC and the spankers? Oh, yeah, that sounds like a legit. I'd go to that show. JC and the spankers. I'd buy that for a dollar. Tracy right. and a spanky. I yeah. even paid oh. extra. I even paid the extra to get into the VIP from row C. Get the VIP experience. Mm-hmm. Might get spanking. But anyway, we we went to uh, uh, Umi. Oh yeah, I love Abachi. it. and the rice. <sighs> I never. I'd see. I had the steak and salmon. Mm-hmm. It was good, and yeah. uh, but I've never been to the hibachi grill. Ever. Ever. That was the first time, yeah. Ever, for real? Yeah, that was the first time, and uh, I, I thought it was pretty crazy. It was, I mean, you see them on TV and stuff, but yeah. to be there. So how'd you feel? Did how you was get, it? Did you, get yeah, a, right. did you get a chef that high energy? He was all right. The yeah. other guy the other guy that was on the other side, I thought he was a little bit better, but because yeah. I sat there and watched him, and then not too long after that, our did guy. Did you catch the egg, or did you not catch not the, the egg? Not the first one. I got the second one. Uh, show us. <laughs> show us well. You show us your technique. <laughs> <laughs> what worked for you? <laughs> you gotta, gotta, gotta wait for it. <laughs> you, gotta <Okay>. think, <laughs> you gotta become just, like a mint. You just gotta wait. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. You gotta be the mitt. <laughs> oh. I know there they use the egg across town at that Asian sea one. They use broccoli. Oh, yeah. They use broccoli over there. But I would say Umi got the best rice, man. It was good. It was the that best rice. Good. I didn't think, you know, because I'm not much of a vegetable guy. Yeah. I mean, I'll eat them. Yeah. But with onions in there. But I didn't. Man, it was good. Man, it is yeah. good, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, Amazing. I'll go back just for the food. But I thought the hibachi thing was pretty cool. Yeah. Then First I got, time, huh? Yeah. And then my mom took me to uh, B-dubs. Okay. Oh, nice. What'd you get? Let's see. I just got the the burger, but I was after the wings. You got some wings too? Yeah. Okay. What flavor? I think we did just the original buffalo. Mm. What's that like? Like the burger and the wings? Like, is that a good combo? It's a good combo. Well, right now, if you get the burger, you get like six wings for a dollar. Oh, is that what you did? Yeah. Well, we got a 20 piece, but that other six wings came extra so i got that too but like on the remember they have that little scale on their menu yeah and it was way up there and i didn't want to burn everybody out so i just got the oh, yeah, since yeah. we're sharing them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but they didn't mind i mean they ate pretty good too mm-hmm. I, I thought okay. her and my auntie M, you know uh marge when she was here yeah 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 a couple, Yeah, both of them yeah so how's marge doing she's doing good she's doing good she broke her ankle oh, oh man. man playing ball playing ball hey Trying to post up at really? sixteen over tournaments. No, <laughs> really? Like, really? <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't ask her how she did it, but she yeah, she's she, up in that open run for B. Didn't slow. Don't doesn't slow her down. Over at the Red Whip Center. Oh yeah, I'm running at the Red Whip. <laughs> so what? So, um, shout out to Auntie M. 
and TM. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, oh, happy birthday. You. I kind of expected there to be cupcakes. Yeah, I totally forgot. Afterwards. 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 Afterwards, a cupcake and a spanking. Yeah. Couldn't ask for anything more. <laughs> oh. Great way to end your birthday. And I, and I, here's another first <laughs> for me, too. I, I, I got some uh, money from my stepmom, Vivian, and I got my first pair of Jordans. I ordered them. What? Very first ever. Ever, too? Ever. Nice. What'd you order? Which ones did you order? Oh, here, hold on. You guys can talk and I'll bring it up here real quick. Mm. Okay. Speaking of which. I just ordered my very first pair of Air Force Ones. Okay. I've never owned a pair. The white ones? No, I got I got some ones that are all brown. Okay. And with a gum gummy sole. Oh, yeah. yeah I like those. So That's it's like, dope. I got brown. because they look like an eraser? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's one the gum sole. Yeah, because like I figured, I was like, I just kind of look like work shoes. Work. Is it like the N7? Uh, no, not really. Oh, nice. The Jordan Ones. Nice. Like I had to get the low. Yeah, yeah. Oh heck yeah, man. Those, Those are, are my nice favorite, bro. Teal. Yeah. 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 Those are nice. So yeah, it's pretty flow. I've been looking at them because remember ever since you told me about the app? Yeah. And then I got the app and man, I look at him and I was like, Oh man, maybe next payday, next payday. And like yeah. I, I, I that's could, what I do, man. And then finally when she she's I oh my dad said I was gonna get you some golf shoes. And I, they got Jordans that are yeah. golf shoes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I showed it to him, and he was like, oh, man, you, you can get those. And that's what uh, Vivian said, too. She said, no, you can get them because she gave me a little bit of money. And I was like, okay, you know what? Just pulled the trigger. So are those golf shoes? No, uh-uh. Oh. Well, I didn't like the colorways on the golf shoes. Uh, the, the good ones were sold out. Or yeah. not the good ones, but the ones I liked. Yeah, you can go, like, to other sites, too, that get a phone. Check them out. Yeah. Amazon's a good site. Uh, yeah, for golf I like, shoes. Um, Jordans, too. Finish line. Yeah. Dick Sporting Goods. Those are like my go to. You know, that's a sporting goods story. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> my brother got my, my homie like that. <laughs> Funny story, bro. We were go watching ahead. and he goes, Oh, Dicks, I like that story. <laughs> Dicks, go you got to like, say the full name. Yeah, bro, you got to say the full name of my brother caught him. He's like, You know, that's a sporting goods story, right? <laughs> dog, so now this, like, bro, like, they just crack up. <laughs> You gotta say the food name, Dick Sporting Goods. You can't just say the first one. There's also a hamburger joint out there in uh, Washington, right? Yeah. Smoke Cannery, and that's named that too. Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> it's like a, it's a Why good place to I know, right? <laughs> you, but at least you, I mean, you can fall into the thing of saying, uh, man, I need to eat some dicks. Splice that. <laughs> Rebuke you. Right? What? This is a it's, family show. I don't know how many times I have to say that. You said it was an eating establishment. <laughs> I'm saying it's possible you could say you were hungry for dick. <laughs> right? Am I wrong on this? This is a family show. <laughs> I'm not comfortable saying that. <laughs> using that. Using that in a sentence. I know. JC just wants to say, like, man, I'm craving some. <laughs> I can really use some dicks. <laughs> Terrible. Especially the day after my birthday. <laughs> okay, I'll walk I through I wanted that. some for my birthday, <laughs> man. But it's too far to go. But I'll take some belated. <laughs> for my birthday week. Oh. oh, my God. What did I? I created a monster. I think man. I'm going to celebrate all month. <laughs> <laughs> Dicks every night. <laughs> damn it. This is a family show, damn it. <laughs> Mother, father. 
<laughs> oh my god! I hope we didn't lose anybody I on know. that one. What are these guys talking about? <laughs> they they damn well know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's a eating establishment in Washington State. Check Spokane it out, Spokane area. Mm-hmm. Spokane area. If you're ever there, yeah. All right. So you, I, I don't know if we need an icebreaker. But I'm kind of interested. You did walk into that one, bro. <laughs> no. Might as well roll with it. Uh, no. I realized it was your birthday yesterday, man. Happy birthday, bro. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, so, I, would, I remember yeah, I was talking about uh, fan theory about that Gilligan's Island, and they said it was about the seven deadly sins. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, I was listening to, oh, I was listening to another podcast, and uh, How dare you. I was cheating on this <laughs> podcast with another <laughs> podcast. But anyway, so they were talking about it, and then it got me interested. So I started looking them up, and then I found even more. Yep. But um, these ones are uh, these ones are Disney based. Okay. So we'll go back to our family roots, I guess. All right, go ahead. So these are fan theories from Disney movies, and it's the first one. It says Mulan and Raya are in the same universe and timeline. Hmm. So you know Raya. And Mulan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so both tell the story of Asian warrior princesses who set out on a journey to save their homelands, and while fighting the Huns and uniting the kingdoms kingdoms of Kumandra may seem unrelated, the stories do share a few things in common. For starters, they both feature dragons. The Reddit user compares Mulan's world to Raya's, including a theory that the great stone dragon and Mushu are of the same subfamily as Sisu and her clan. Hmm. So the one, the the little dragon on Mulan is cousins with that crazy dragon. First cousins. That one, yeah. First cousins with that other dragon. Yeah. No, I could see that, but, but. Okay, yeah, I know, I know. I think I know where you're gonna go with your butt. The live action. <laughs> uh. No, doesn't have no, the dragon. No dragon. No dragon. Mulan live action? Yeah. Got, we're talking yeah. about Mulan. Man, yeah. I'm behind. I th- yeah, yeah, that I that one doesn't have a dragon in it. Yeah. It just has yeah. like a phoenix. Okay. But it doesn't talk. It just makes appearances. Oh, the new live action one is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is don't you think that's kind of uh, being stereotypical? Yeah. Um because it clearly states that <clears throat> that's what China was broken up into. So it kind of pre, in my mind, it like predated Mulan, mm. um, Raya. Raya. Oh, so that one like, came first. Yeah. In my mind, it was like way before because the China was broken up into the different sections of the dragon. So yeah. like the fang, the, the claw. claw, claw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, heart and all that. <clears throat> so, and then like Mulan is like, there's that, they're under that dynasty. Yeah. That calls them to war and why she goes to war. Cause they have to send one male member of their family to go serve in the army. Cause they're going to war against the Mongolians, the Huns, the Huns. And her dad's going to go, but she sneaks off in the middle of the night to go. Oh, okay. I had to like refresh my memory. I'm, I'm getting it now. Okay, I see where we're at, guys. So I, was like, totally I feel bad because I don't even know what's going on with Milan, bro. <laughs> well, I, this this one I'm pretty sure is referring just to the cartoon part. Yeah, because 
But still, even at that. Yeah, yeah. Same same uh, theory. But I was just going to say something along the lines of, you know, somebody sees those similarities because they're racist. Racist. Oh, all those Asians are the same. They I must don't be get related. it. Yeah. And their little dragon friends, they must be related too. Yeah. Or is that wrong? To Related to uh, M- Milan and who? Milan's little dragons related to, uh, in the same clan as that Sisu. Sisu. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. Maybe I just went dark with it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Check it out. Hey, hey from Moana is actually a demigod. Remember that little chicken? Yeah. Yeah. So this intriguing Reddit theory proposes that Heihei, also known as Moana's chicken pal in Moana, not Mona, Moana, (laughs) is actually a guardian sent by the gods to help Moana on her journey. Think about it. Heihei has seemingly not aged since Moana was a baby. He survived super dangerous situations and isn't smart enough to eat on his own. This hints that Heihei is being kept alive by magical forces. Maybe he's just lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. anything's possible. They had coconuts running around with arms and legs and stuff. On Moana? Yeah. yeah. How are you guys remembering all this stuff? Well, well, the only reason why I remember is because I just barely <laughs> recently watched it. Okay. Yeah, we did watch those. We did. Moana's a classic in our house, but I don't remember all this Details. <laughs> well, you remember the chicken she was with, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and all the stuff he comes, okay. in, he, like he, like almost dies, like half, like ten times through the whole movie. Okay, and he just like lucks out, and he can't really even eat. Like tries to eat, but he eats rocks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know. It seems I, like it, it's possible. It's possible. Something's keeping him alive. Something. Yep. So. This one says Riley from Inside Out. Have you seen that one? Riley from Inside Out is an aquarium visitor in Finding Dory. Oh, really? Yeah. So remember, yeah. So, you so they're all connected is what you're saying. Yeah. Like they're in the same universe. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but it kind of makes sense because they're like related, right? Like Disney. Okay. So it says hardcore fans have had theorized that it was her since the movie came out in 2015. It all remained pure speculation until Disney confirmed the identity of the girl in a Facebook video. But isn't Inside Out, that's DreamWorks, isn't it? It's totally different. No, it's uh, Pixar. Oh, is it Pixar? It is Pixar. Oh, okay. Inside Out is Pixar. I don't know. I I mean, I've watched all these movies like probably about 100 times each. (laughs) Not Dory, though. I've only seen that a couple of times. Inside Out. Funny fact. Um, I watched that in prison. What, Finding Dory? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure that's where I first watched it. In fact, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I know we did because um, my uh, I told my daughter about it. Yeah, they're going to watch Finding Dory this, this Friday, so I'm going to make some burritos and sit right in front of the TV. Okay. <laughs> right on. Okay, so uh, Lilo and Nani. Is that how you say your name? Lilo's sister on Lilo and Stitch? Yeah. Nani. That's what I'm going with. Lilo and Nani. Their parents from or their parents were in the CIA. Though Mr. and Mrs. Pelikai die before the events in the movie take place, one fan theory believes they had led secret lives and Cobra Bubbles holds the key. Hmm. 
We're supposed to assume a former CIA agent left the business to become a social worker? Highly unlikely. What's more likely is Cobra worked with either one or both of Lilo and Nani's parents in the CIA, which would explain why he hasn't already yanked Lilo out from under Nani's care. Furthermore, the theory suggests Lilo's love of photography and unusual taste in books are due in part to her parents' CIA influence. Yeah, I think that's plausible. Okay. Yeah. So the, the big guy that like supposed to be a social worker, he's used to work with her folks. Yeah, he's undercover. Yeah, and he's maybe he's like watching out. So maybe he made a pact with him. Sad Ooh. fact: in the live action, there's no bubbles. What? Yeah. And from what I read, anyway, they're gonna make a live action. Yeah, I saw that. Stitch, no bubbles though. I was like, but who else that, but the Rock? But but I mean, the like, Rock can play that position. Who? Row character. I wonder how they're gonna do that though, because it wasn't even like a big part of the story. Uh, kind of. He just pops in and out. And, and I mean, what, like, you know, well, I guess, you know, like, if somebody is trying to tear them apart, right? Like, no. trying to take her from her sister. I think there's yeah. a social, there'll probably be a social worker, but just it's not going to be, be bubbles. Man, I hate that. I know. <sighs> don't fix it if it's not broken. Wheezy from Toy Story 2 was secretly a villain. You remember Wheezy? Mm-mm. Wheezy was that penguin that couldn't. Oh, His squeaker was gone. Oh. Anyway, Wheezy the, pengu- Wheezy the Penguin, who Woody saves at the beginning of the movie, seems like a sweet guy, but is he really? According to one theory, Wheezy, forgotten on a shelf, probably became jealous watching Andy play with Woody, Buzz, and the gang all the time. So when it came time for the yard sale, Wheezy wasn't even trying to save himself and knew Woody would attempt to rescue him, possibly getting sold in the process. Which is exactly what happened. So Wheezy mm. set him up. Oh, okay. So they were going to sell him, and he was like, okay, so if I don't try to save myself, then Woody's going to come and get me, and then they'll get him instead. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. What a dirty bastard. Yeah, they can't trust those penguins. Ever since I watched Madagascar. I heard about them penguins, man. Yeah, I can't trust them. <laughs> those penguins are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> The private? Yug. <laughs> All right, we'll do uh, a couple more or one more. Mm-hmm. Sure. We'll do one more. Sherbert. Sherbert. Whoa. Boo from Monsters, Inc. is the witch from Brave. Which one is Brave? That's that red red, <laughs> red-headed one. Um, Scottish or whatever. <clears throat> okay. Scottish. Yeah, no, there's something I've seen this because my uh, my daughter likes to watch the videos uh, Easter eggs, <clears throat> and this one was on there. There's something in when they show that witch in her room. Scary. That, the, um, <clears throat> the witch from Brave magically disappears when she goes through doorways. Something <clears throat> the scares from Monsters Inc. can do too. Is it possible Boo learned a trick or two from her bestie Sully? Mm-hmm. So the witch can go through doors and disappear, and that's what they do. And the, that's how monsters get around, remember? Yeah, but she would have to travel back in time. What do you mean? This makes me want to go back and watch all these now. Because Monsters, Inc. is like more modern times. People are living in houses. Oh. They're not living in castles. And yeah, they're living medieval in houses. Time. Okay, that, all right. I see what you're saying. So <laughs> even like, yeah, in like the human world, they're living in modern yeah. Modern day, but like yeah. Brave is set in a like older time. Yeah. Or maybe Brave is like a post apocalyptic world. 
Could be. That's what they say about Aladdin. Oh, yeah, I heard. I saw that. That was one of the ones I read. Yeah. Yeah, that it's post-apocalyptic. So now that we're on fan theory, like, what is it about, the, like, the... Okay, so now my wheels are turning, but, like, Matrix. Oh, yeah. What's the peak word of Matrix again? Terminator. Were so we the, talking about this on the last show? Yeah. Yeah, a couple episodes ago. So yeah. Terminator is the prequel to Matrix. Yep. And then what comes after the Matrix then? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they wrote anything. Black Panther? I'm just kidding. Um, Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what we're talking about right here, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I want to read this last one. Just this one more. Because um, this one kind of... Jumped out at me. Emily from Toy Story 2 is actually Andy's mom. So you remember uh, Emily? Yeah. The one that threw away the girl doll? Yeah. yeah. Or not, not threw her away, but basically left her and yeah. didn't want her anymore. So you may remember Jesse's owner, Emily, from Toy, to- Toy Story 2 and probably bawled when she dumped Jesse in the donation bin. But is, it, but is it possible she grew up to be Andy's mom? When Andy is playing with Woody in the original Toy Story, he's actually wearing a Jesse hat, not a Woody hat. Did he inherit this hat from his mother? Hmm. Interesting. Dog, I want to go and watch Toy Story now when I get home. I know. I think Toy Story 2 is the one that I haven't watched to death. I've probably seen it a couple, two, three That's times. That's the one where they go to that um, that restaurant, right? No, it's... And- which one is that Toy Story then? The one they go to um, Al is that Toy Barn. Is that the that's the latest one that came out? Oh, oh the right. restaurant's one. Okay, and then Pizza Planet. Yeah, Pizza Planet, right? And then no, in that remember they're in that um, what the heck are they called? Those quarter machines. Remember, like when you that's when Pizza you, Planet. Yeah, that's Pizza Planet. What, that uh, wasn't claw. one. Was yeah, it one? Claw. Yeah, it was yeah. at the end of one. Like in the middle. Because <clears throat> remember, Sid wins. Uh, he gets uh, Woody and Buzz in the claw. So what's the one where they went to that carnival? That's the latest one that came yeah, out. Just about a year. Is that two or four. is that three? Four, huh? No, it's four, yeah. So which one is two then? Where two did they do when in they two? Went, when they went to Al, remember they went to Al's Toy Barn? I think two came out when we were in high school. We were probably too cool to watch cartoons. You're never too cool yeah, to no, watch I've cartoons. No, I've watched a Toy Story series. Yeah. Like I've watched... But I'm two. trying to remember too. What was the main story of two when they went to Al's boot barn? <laughs> <laughs> no, they go to uh, remember their <laughs> Al's toy barn. <laughs> boot barn. This guy's singing about Tokyo Sun over there in that boot barn over there. <laughs> Al's bootery. Al's bootery is the one right down the street. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> How's <laughs> boot barn? Yeah, when they went, because uh, that's when they stole Woody when he bought him at the garage sale, and then he wanted to make this collection. Yeah, and they were gonna send him to Japan. And, and they're like, a lot of that part is remember they're in a hotel. He's like a hotel manager. Dog, I gotta go back and watch this whole freaking thing again. And he has that uh, lizard that runs around. Okay, and remember they're running through the vents, and that lizard chasing them. I don't even remember. What lizard? He has like a lizard. Who? The hotel guy. No, he don't. Doesn't he? No. Where's the lizard come from then? There is no lizard. There's hotel that, Transylvania. Yes, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> there's that that dinosaur when they 
running around in that vent. Remember they used his head to open it? Yeah. They used him like a battering ram. Doesn't he have like that lizard thing though that watches him? No. Man, what was I watching then? There's no lizard on man, Mandela effect. I don't see a yeah, I don't see a lizard on Toy Story. Mandela effect. What is that? What's Mandela effect now? <laughs> We're going deeper now, man. We're going deeper now. But that's what we do. So Mandela effect is like hearing some or believing something that you thought was true because people always say it, even though it was never true. And it no, got, it's like remembering something, but then it's like totally different. And there's like a bunch of people that remember it that way. Oh, they yeah, they all remember it the same way. Oh, they all know, so they call it Mandela effect because they thought he died in prison. Everybody yeah. thought he was dead. Like yeah, like millions of people remember his funeral being televised in the late eighties. They remember watching it that he died and stuff, but no, he got out and lived. Ran for president. Yeah, did all that. No. You guys, remember when he got released? I remember that. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember. Yeah, talking about it at school. I don't remember what grade we're in. <clears throat> Man, God the smoke is affecting my voice. That's, that's me too. A, that's a whole nother rabbit hole right there too. Oh, Mandela yeah. giving you guys a headache too. That oh no, that, that smoke. wildfire smoke. Yeah. Thank you, Canada. And thank it, you for smudging us. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. You've blessed the entire state of Montana. We're good. <laughs> oh oh oh! You can knock it off now. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks for that that was good yeah man i think we could do like just like a whole conspiracy theory episode that'd be fun yeah, yeah. i think it'd be fun to go down those rabbit holes maybe we'll do an exclusive oh yeah patreon patreon yes sir yes sir uh, and our patreon will be uh being set up in the very near future Blech. very near future yes. thank you yes 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 right on so you guys feeling warmed up? I Absolutely. Feel like. I'm All right. So we can get into the speak on it. But before we do, I got to call on the DJ. I don't see his headphones. Oh, there he is. DJ, if you're ready, why don't you hit me with that B? Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. On it. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is Hugs, not drugs. And this is my speak on it. My, I got my first 20. I got, I got 20 minutes. <clears throat> so um, what I was going to talk about today is that you know today I had to drive out to my hometown, attend a funeral, and as I was sitting there, um, you know, this individual was an elder in uh in the community, um Baga Gosug <clears throat> um Max Body Bear Senior passed away and today was his funeral and yeah, I was just sitting out there and attended, you know, paid my last respects and I had to head out right after the service, come back, and had to get back to work. But um, as I was sitting there, you know, just uh, this individual was a very kind individual, very loving, always willing to lend a hand and, you know, give a word of advice. You know, he's, he sat me down several times and, you know, gave me some advice in a good way. Uh, and I remember that. 
and I'm going to remember that for the rest of my days. But <clears throat> just the manner, but he went about it. You know, he just called me over, started talking, telling stories, and then, boom, came at me with the advice. And I appreciate that, and that's kind of something that I like to do, you know, with others, you know, kind of take that same format. <clears throat> but as I was sitting there during the service, it was just like, man, life is precious. It is. It's very precious. You never know what's going to happen, you know, in the next day, the next hour. And it's just a lot of reflection on my part as far as, you know, life and how <clears throat> how we uh, how we conduct ourselves or how I conduct myself and how I treat other people and how, you know, just trying not to take anything for granted because, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen because on here we talk about last episode, you know, relapse season. So this isn't a game. Um, I know I got people counting on me. Uh, I got kids, my kids counting on me. And so I got to make, <clears throat> I got to make the good decisions. And, and I think whether I'm aware of it or not, there's a lot of pressure behind that. Um, I think it's so, I'm so used to the pressure on that aspect that I don't even think about it, but it's there and <clears throat> probably feeling it subconsciously. Um, but just like I said, it's so used to it that I don't, <clears throat> it's not even like on my radar consciously. So <clears throat> got to take care of myself. Got to make sure I'm good, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically every day. And got to make sure my recovery is intact. Because, <clears throat> you know, I want, you know, this individual, he, he was 88. Man, I would love to live till that, you know. You know, people got up and said really good things. Um, this individual, you know, <clears throat> sober, didn't partake in any kind of illicit drugs or drinking, but really just did a good job on raising his kids, his family, um, raising his some of his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and <clears throat> held certain roles within the community. It was just something like, wow, that's really something to aspire to as, you know, middle-aged man turned 40. Um, and <clears throat> so I was like, okay, how am I going to conduct myself in this next 40? You know, I got, because I, I, that's, that's, that's my goal, get to 88, you know, and have all these grandkids, great-grandkids, <clears throat> um, there and all that but <clears throat> anyway that's just kind of I know it's kind of uh, loosey goosey but I'll open up to you gentlemen on anything that was just wanted to get that off my mind but whatever was hitting you guys that's that's good though I mean <clears throat> I mean I, to me that's kind of because I got based kind of the almost the same thing not nothing really structured today but to me, that's kind of one of the things that this speak on it is about, right? Like, let's just get some, let's just say some stuff. Let's just speak on something. Yeah. And, you know, and that's on your mind. And I, me- I remember, because he was a, Max, he was the uh, bus driver. Yeah. So I remember seeing him every morning and getting on the bus and, 
Yeah, he, he was definitely a Indian country. He lost a good one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and to your point about <clears throat> life is precious. I mean, we, I get, like in the day-to-day stuff that I do, I, 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 off, I forget that. Like, you know, because trying to get hung up on this petty-ass stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, and, and and to really remind myself... You know, to enjoy it, to be in the now. Like, you know, we always say we get to do things. Like, I get to be here today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. for whatever reason, God granted me the 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 blessing of being alive today after everything that I went through. So I get to be here today. So, you know, I, always ha- I constantly have to remind myself to, you know, be in the moment, be in the now. Even if, you know, we're going through tro- troubling times. Like, you know, to be in this moment and not to take things for granted, not to, um, you know, as they say, look, look a gift horse in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, <clears throat> go ahead. No, I was going to say, what does that mean? Like, okay, so or like, did they say don't look? A- yeah, never look a gift horse in the mouth. Like if I give you a horse as a gift and they used to check their teeth to see how old they were and if they were in healthy and good shape. It's an it's an insult. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like, I'm bringing in a gift to you, and I'm and then I'm checking the quality of it. Yeah. Like, right. okay, before I yeah. receive it, it's like, okay, let me check the condition before yeah. I say it. Okay. Yeah, I get it. So, so and and that like in the way I was thinking of it, like you know, God's grace, like I I can't really do that, you know, on a on a regular because for one thing, I mean, my it's so easy for my mind to take off, like, and then just get in this dark place like that I don't want to be in that I I know will lead to pro- probably use mm-hmm. again but you know like um so yeah I think you just bring up that important point like to you know I guess gratitude you know that attitude of gratitude as they say mm-hmm. that 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 old that old dove but um and then you know like and I I can understand too like those feelings of pressure it's like there are times when I'm like, man, I have got to succeed today. There's so you know, there's so much writing on it. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I think, well, you know what? Like, I wouldn't be in this position if I didn't, you know, do my part. Right? Like, like, well, I'm not gonna jump ahead and you know yeah, 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 jump yeah. on your thing, but you know, like God provides so many things, and then you know, um, not to like I don't want to put that type of pressure on myself but it's there like you know i can feel it at times and like like josiah said like it might be just under the surface and then you realize it and think man i cannot but when i get to thinking like that then it just kind of like in my mind it just doubles again you know like and then it's just boom it's like this weight so to kind of balance that out like to accept that pressure and then use it for good yeah rather than like crumble under the pressure you know we always talk about sports analogies here yeah. Like, you know, and you can see when certain uh, athletes, they they rise above, right? Like, but you know that they're not, like, they're like, they look like ducks in water on the surface. They look calm, but you know inside they got to be like, you know, oh, this is the NBA finals or this is the Super Bowl, you know. I'm Yeah. And, but they look calm. But, you know, underneath there's there's got to, there has to be. I mean, we're only human. But, like, you know, to try to use that energy in a good way is, I think, should be... I mean, I, I try to make that my goal. It's not always 
easy and it I think a lot of times I probably fall short just trying to get in you know like in my own head and then like I do take things for granted and I do act ungrateful or I you know basically pouting at God mm-hmm. for lack of a better term so <laughs> I mean you know mm-hmm. you know, that's that's I mean I got now nah, that's some real stuff though like because I think you're right on point, right? Like we get to a point where we get used to certain things and it kind of goes to like what I'm going to talk about earlier, but like we get used to certain um, miracles, if you will, mm. like where they would previously we'd consider them miracles, <coughs> but we get so used to seeing that, that we take it for granted. It's mm. like not as um, amazing as it was previously. Mm. It's not as transforming as it was previously. It's not as, it becomes old, right? Like we, like when I first started drinking coffee, man, I used to love cappuccinos. Mm. You know, like remember back in the day, like the late nineties and like I started like experiencing, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then it got to a point where I'm like, this cappuccino don't really cut it no more. Yep. The taste stayed the same. The potency stayed the same. But because I started having this cappuccino every single day, it lost its lure, mm-hmm. if you will, to me. You know what I mean? It was no. like you you, you uh, built a tolerance. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, like, that cappuccino was good, but I need something else. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I stopped, I started taking that flavor for granted, right? Like, what, whatever, like what drew me to the cappuccino in the first place mm-hmm. and it no longer tasted as good as it used to be even though nothing changed yeah you know it just got like for me personally it's something that i've seen day in day out so i think like with life it's easy to get lost in that that we see every day and we almost take it for granted mm. until it's too late and mm-hmm. really like what i'm hearing from both of you, and this is my own interpretation, is relationships are more important than anything else. Mm. You know, because every time we lose somebody of this age, we're losing another, you know, a person that has knowledge. Mm. And my thing is like, okay, what did we do to preserve that knowledge? How are we going to continue to keep that story going on? Mm. How are we going to take what this man had to offer? Because obviously, like, man, it's a blessing to grow that old, to be able to see your children's children. Mm. Like, to be able to, to, like, be there and be, like, a patriarch, like, of the family. Like, all this wealth, like, wealth of knowledge. Mm. Because I, I think about my grandmother who passed in 2014 um, at 94, I believe. Mm. And what I would give to have a conversation with her again. Oh yeah. She was the last traditional dressed girl woman. Mm. Um, So when we lost her, like we'll never ever have a girl woman that dresses traditional every day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is my grandma. I grew up with her. Like, I she I, she's always been my grandma ever since I was born. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember, like, when my paternal grandfather had died, and I was just doing some math, and I was like, "Oh man, like this guy, the man that just passed, was in the same age range as my paternal grandfather." Mm. My grandfather passed away at sixty-three years old. He would have been ninety this year. Mm. 
And when I think about that, I'm like, man, like that's my grandpa. Like, you know what I mean? Like easily like, and then I look at my grandma and I'm like, man, I remember when my grandpa died, the guy at 63, like I remember like my grandma coming and in, in, in her traditional, you know, it, it was funny because the way I remember the story is like she came after me and my brother and my siblings before school started. Mm. And my dad, my grand, my dad's dad had just passed away that, that morning. And she came, she hugged us, she loved us. And then she put us in a truck and kind of got after us, you know, and then we started driving. And then like back in the day in Owl Creek there, or it's still like that, but you get to the end of the pavement and it turns into gravel. Oh yeah, and man, my grandma is like freaking, you know, dressed traditional, freaking probably about seventy, pushing about seventy right there. Yeah, age, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's driving a big old freaking Ford, you know, F one fifty long box, a farm truck, you know. Yeah, and I always just remember this part is like, man, she was cruising, and man, we just like hit the gravel, and man, I got scared because we just started <laughs> like. <laughs> And my grandma, yeah, my grandma is just cruising, you know? Just drifting. But that's (laughs) something that I, like, remember about my grandma. Mm -hmm. And I was a child. And and I say that, like, man, like, we'll never get those memories back. Mm. You know, like, I'll never go down that road again and have the opportunity to see my grandma driving a a long box, you know? Yeah. In traditional dress and still cruise, like. So, like, when I think about this man, I'm like, man, like, he was about that their age. But not only that, like, all the wealth of knowledge that he's losing, like, this family doesn't have nobody, right, like, to take that place. But it's like, man, we can't ever take that for granted mm-hmm. because it's like, man, we got to capture everything that we can from this generation. We'll never have that opportunity to get these stories firsthand again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I made sense, but that's kind of like where my mind goes to. It's like, man, we're losing this wealth of knowledge. Yep. You know? <clears throat> Just real quick, that quick point to uh, the ladies in traditional dress. I didn't even realize that there were no women that dressed like that until somebody mentioned or somebody pointed it out. Yeah. And then I kind of, oh, yeah, that's you don't see that, huh? Like, yeah. it just... Like one minute for me, one minute they were they were there because like my grandma May was the last person in our family that I know. My my grandmother's mother, mm-hmm. she was my great grandmother. She was the last person I knew that dressed like that. And then like you always used to see them all over. Yep. But then like somehow, some way, like I didn't even notice that it stopped. Yeah. And then some. Then somebody somebody pointed it out, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh yeah, that's true. So like, man, these things just slip away from you. And then you don't really, like, like to me, it's like I didn't even realize what we were witnessing until it was gone. Yeah, true, 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 true. Yeah. <clears throat> and man, I was kind of sitting there just to wrap this up real quick. I was sitting there, I was like, man, I'm 40. And I was sitting in that the church at St. Charles where I went to hundreds of mass growing up. And I was sitting there looking at that fan. I was like, man, that's the same fan when I was a little guy. I'm 40 now. Man, how am I going to live? How am I going to conduct myself? That's what I kept thinking. How am I going to conduct myself for the next 40? And that's sobering, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about it like we're already halfway past our life. Well, we're all going to have a midlife crisis after this episode. <laughs> oh!
We'll probably go get motorcycles <laughs> after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if it's any consolation to you guys, I'm gonna go blonde again on Saturday. So okay. <laughs> my midlife crisis has been going on for 20 years. <laughs> the next episode, we hear <laughs> oh, Randy's here. Oh, <laughs> <All> loud! <clears throat> Jump off the thing with a freaking leather vest. <laughs> the arms cut off. Yeah, with the arms cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, hit that beat, son. <laughs> oh, man. Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. On it. And that, bro. Mine's going to be on. It. Speak on it. Speak on it. And action. <laughs> I'll go second, I guess. <laughs> I'll go sloppy seconds. Sloppy seconds. No, but it's good. Good speak on it. Good speak on it. You guys don't want to tell nobody, okay? <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. Like it's kind of crazy because I've been reflecting on life lately, man, and and, and you know, like really, what's been hitting me has been like Moses, right? Like Moses, man, lived the first forty years of his life as a certain person and then the next 40 years like he lived it like being trained you know what i mean like like there was like every 40 years of his life was significant because i think he lived to like 120 right but i think about it and i'm like man like the story of moses it starts out like god had called them to lead these people out of egypt lead israelites out of egypt and it was an 11 day journey but because of like back you know murmuring complaining back talking uh, that 11-day journey turned into 40 years. But in that, like, man, one of the part of that story that really amazed me was, so there's two, right? Like, there's two things that I'm thinking about. And sorry, like, I'm still processing it. But, like, so Moses was called to lead these people out of a literal prison. And it goes to the story of, like, taking things for granted. Like, you have these children of israel who saw god perform a miracle by supernaturally feeding them in the wilderness like they didn't have to work for any of their food instead all they had to do was wake up step outside their tent and there was fresh manna there and they were instructed to only take what they needed for the day because if they tried to keep anything that number one showed that they didn't trust god they were trusting in their own provision by taking more than they needed for that day. But also they started taking the miracle and the sign that God had performed for granted because it got to a point in the wilderness, even though they weren't under bondage anymore, they were literally free from chains, right? Like previously they were working as slaves and, and they had to physically labor for their food, for the place to stay. Like they physically labored for that. And out here in the wilderness, like, man, God's just performing miracle after miracle for them. But it got to the point, like, in that journey, like, where they got tired of the miracle. Which shows me, like, dog, like, this is how my mind works. It's like, okay, like, if the miracle doesn't really sustain that, what really sustains our walk with God? Mm. It's having that relationship. Mm. Because it's like, man, we, we, we take the story that he had just talked, and, and it brought me back, like, that he was just talking about and it brought me back to like my childhood and how I took my people for granted. 
And now not having the ability to talk to my grandmother or my grandfather is like, I realized like the opportunity lost. But then on the flip side, like Moses, right, was called, the other part that I was thinking about is Moses was called to lead Israel out of Egypt. He was called to lead these people out of their prison, like literally. And even though he understood that God had called him and God had prepped him for the 40 years before and God was like, man, you know, like this is why like you're my guy. I believe in you. I chose you. I handpicked it. I handpicked you to lead my people out of their prison. But yet there was still a part of Moses that questioned. He still didn't trust. He was like, man, God, I know you've called me. And I know that even though I'm not qualified, that you have qualified me. There is nothing in my life that says, that gives me the uh, credentials to lead your people out of prison except for my relationship with you. But it got to the point where Moses had to begin to walk, and he goes, God, I know you called me. And this is just like my me paraphrasing. It's like you guys can go look at the story for yourself. But Moses is saying, like, God, like, I know you've called me, and I know you don't make mistakes. But there's still this part of me that doesn't really fully trust that you've called me. Like, man, we have this relationship. I talk to you face to face. Like, man, people know. Like, I know. But there's still this little part of me that doesn't trust me. And because I don't really trust you, can I bring my brother Aaron over here with me? Mm. Because I have a speech impediment and, and, and I stutter a little bit when I talk. And, and I get, you know, like whatever our limitations are. We're good at that. A lot of times we understand that God has called us to do something and God is, and we know that we wouldn't be there without God, but there's always been this part of me that's like Moses, like, I don't really trust you fully, God. Mm. And because of that, because of God's mercy, right? Like mercy is not getting something that we deserve. Like, we don't deserve mercy, but we, God gives, like, is merciful, right? Like, we have this relationship and able to follow these impressions and sometimes the audible voice. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of times we think and we read these stories, we're like, how Moses must have been. And then I think about, like, where I'm currently at. I'm going to be 40 next month. And when I look back on it, it's like, man, like, there have been times in my life where I have allowed fear to overtake me. I've told the story about having a background in music and, and loving the studio and all this. But when I'm honest with myself and I look back to 13 years ago, I realized that fear kept me from moving to a bigger market. And no matter how I tried to cover it, at the end of the day, I knew that it was fear. It was because I didn't really trust God the way that I said. Fast forward to today. A lot of times we pray like Moses. 
And we say, God, man, like, whatever it is that we're believing for, God, how come you just don't do it? How come you just don't do what I'm praying for? And we sit there and we wait. Either we don't trust God, or we've gotten used to seeing the miracles that he performs. But when, and let me back up a little bit, but when Moses said, man, you know what, I'll do this as long as I let my brother go, as long as you allow my brother to go, because of God's mercy, he said, man, you know what, okay, I'll listen to you. Go ahead, take your brother. No, but because of this, but because you chose to bring your brother with you, I called you to lead my people out of Egypt because I had all this blessing for you. I had all this stuff for you. But because you asked to bring your brother with you, now you're going to have to split what I called for you to be split among your brother. Like, so he had to divide like what God had for him. He had to break it, break it with his brother, which isn't bad, you know, but at the end of the day, like, God called him. He didn't call Aaron. He called Moses. But because God is merciful, he allowed Aaron to come. Fast forward today, we pray. Sometimes God leads us out of our prison mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And we're praying, you know, God lead us to our promised land. And God does. But I watched a teaching the other day, and and I don't know how I came across it, but this man was saying, you know, like, God doesn't make tables. God doesn't make houses. God doesn't make chairs. So you can sit there and, and pray all day if you want to, but I guarantee God will not make what you're praying for. And he was saying, I'm not saying that prayer is not good. We need that relationship with God to inquire, to, to seek him, to, to be close to him, right? But this man goes, God doesn't make these things, but I'll tell you what he does make. God made the tree. So here you are, I've been praying all day for years for God to do something. And a lot of times, if you're like me, you get mad because God hasn't done something. But the truth of the matter is, he gave us the tree. And the gist of the story that I'm talking about is, like, God has given us resources. God has blessed us with creativity. God has blessed us with vision. God has blessed us with all the resources that we need. But a lot of times, we're scared to enter into the promise that God has for our life because we don't really trust him. And we hide it with spirituality. If God does this, if God does that, when in reality, God has provided the resources that we need to step into the promises that he has for us. Mm Mm-hmm. Like this whole time we've been looking for furniture, we've been looking for houses, we've been looking for whatever it is to improve our life. And the whole time God is saying, man, I've already given you everything you need, now what are you going to do with the resources? And I feel like a lot of times God does things and 
he does things in seeds, right? It's like, what are we going to do with that dream? What are we going to do with that seed? What are we going to do with that vision? Because God has already blessed you. God won't add to you until you do something with the resource that he's given you. And I'm like, God, forgive me. Because when I look back, 13 years ago, the reason why I didn't move to a bigger market like Los Angeles or New York City and the friends that I did go to school with have accomplished great things in the music industry. There's always this part of me that looks like, God, what would I have done? I wouldn't change my life now. But at 40 years old, I refuse to allow fear to keep me from stepping into what God has for me. I wasn't even trying to preach today. <laughs> that one was free. That was free. So, God doesn't make cupcakes. He makes wheat. Yes. Fantastic. <clears throat> you know, I, I, <laughs> when I was listening to you, I just kept thinking about times when you know, I'm sitting there and I, I <laughs> that same story about Moses, like, and, you know, okay, like, okay, so sometimes I think I get into this mindset of where, like, oh, because the reason I believe in miracles is because I've seen them. Yeah. And a lot of them are in hindsight, right? Mm. But I think I get into this mindset, like, okay, so you perform this miracle for me. Why can't you do this one right now? Mm. I know you can. You know, like, and maybe not in those words, but that mindset. That action. That, 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 that whole mindset is, I mean, we might as well call it what it is. Like, because I was thinking, you know, kind of reflecting back while I was listening to you, and you, like, like you said, man, get, getting so used to the miracles that we see every day that we don't even consider them to be miracles anymore. Mm. It's like, mm. oh, this is just today entitlement, huh? Yeah, like, yeah, there you go, entitlement, mm. or you know, um, or kind of like, you know, you get tired of the taste of manna. You know, yeah. I'm tired of eating manna, even though you don't got to do anything for it. It's right there, and you're sustained, and you. Like, okay, so what have you done for me lately? Right? <laughs> Put me back. Let me go get a steak. I know I'm going to be in prison, but at least I'll get to satisfy my flesh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, yeah. like, that goes for anything. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, and mm. I thought, to me, it just goes back to that gratitude and, like, okay, well, you, just to ground yourself, I can really see, okay, um, I don't know, basically to check yourself. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, you got, I got to check myself and say, okay, am I being entitled? Am I being a brat? Am I pouting to God? Mm. Am I, am I, you know, looking that gift horse in the mouth? Mm. Cause, cause that's, that's on me. Yeah. That is not my higher power. That's on me. Mm. And I could probably go into the reasons for all of it, but still at the end of the day, you're like, if I, I don't care what I ran over to get a flat tire. I know I have a flat tire. Now I got to change it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can debate all day, all, all day long about what caused it. But like, I always try to focus on like, okay, what's the solution? And for me, the solution would have to be to be more grateful, just to have gratitude and not just to say, Oh, thank you. But to feel it. Yeah. Like, you know, when's the last time you ever really felt, like remember feeling gratitude like man this is awesome this mm. is great like just i was just talking about it earlier you know having dinner with my folks i was in that moment mm -hmm. 
Like, you know, like when we were at B-dubs, I was watching the game and I was talking to my mom and she watching the Red Sox behind me. I was watching Lakers Nuggets on this side and we're talking back and forth. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Good food. It was with my, yeah. with my, my mom, my auntie and uh, uh, my nephew. And then the same thing with my dad. I was like, man, I've never been to this place. This is awesome. And at first, when I went in there, I thought, this is this is cheesy. You know? <laughs> yeah. kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But then I find a couple minutes later, man, I was like, I'm really glad we did. We, he did that. Like, because yeah. he suggested it. But, like, that's how, it, that's how I know that I was grateful because I went home and I said, thank you, God, for that. Mm. Mm. Like, I felt it. Like, I didn't even have to say it. I could feel it. Yeah. It was an emotion. Yeah. And so like that's that's so I, I think like for me personally like if I you know get in my car and and, and driving down the road and and I probably mentioned I think I mentioned this to you guys before is like I don't get road rage because I know what it's like to walk. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's sobering. Ooh, and so I mean and I yell around like I you guys yeah. probably rode with me yeah. at least once or twice. I yell around and just say stupid things because i think it's funny but yeah it's not like that there's anger in there but see like if i get into my car and i'm driving down the road and somebody pulls in front of me like to me am i truly grateful for the vehicle that i have Mm. and that's you know that's just one example like the example that came to mind but or do i want to get my ass out and walk Mm. yeah let's try that for a while let me walk to work for a week, and we'll see how much that. <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead, go right, go right ahead, man. I got all day. I'm sitting in a car. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's a great perspective. And I think <clears throat> I was gonna say like taking stock in how far I've come, taking yes. stock in how far I've come on the red road, reaching forty. You know, a couple things like I've buried relatives that didn't make it to forty. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Because of addiction. Yes. And just my own walk on the red road and that gratitude is part of it. To be here walking the red road seven years and some change, like taking stock in that, like, wow, like, God, thank you. Because that wasn't, I mean, it wasn't all me. It was God was walking with me. God was guiding me. God was pointing me in the right direction now i did make some mistakes in those years i uh, made some terrible mistakes uh bad judgment and character in some individuals you know um but for for the most part i mean it was god that was i if i didn't continue that relationship i wouldn't be sitting here you know so that was really highlighted when you're talking about that that they're getting used to that miracle i was like man there's so many times in my life, just within these past seven years, and probably prior to that, <clears throat> that I got used to the miracle, get caught up in the day, get frustrated, and, you know, get pissed off and start cussing around or whatever. Um, done that plenty of times. And <clears throat> so that was a really good eye-opener. I was like, dang. Really believing in God in all aspects, you know, not just the recovery, not just at work, not just at home, but everywhere, even, you know, just driving down the road. Like you said, having that attitude of gratitude, man, that's like, that comes from God for me. 
I got to be thankful every day. I got to, I got to pray. I got to be thanks, start my day out and thanks. So that when that, when that person does cut me off, I'm like, ah, you mother effer, beep, 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 you know. Uh, it's it's kind of shocking to me too, man. Like people honking their horns at each other while they're driving. It doesn't happen so much here, but um, in my travels, I notice it a lot. In big cities, man, they honk at each other all the time. Oh God, I honk at everybody, <laughs> man. Like I, <laughs> I'm almost like I'm almost about to. Then they go, and I'm just like, all right, that's okay. They went. Lately, it's been like, man, I wonder if they'll recognize me. <laughs> I always got that in the back of my head. Like, I better not do nothing crazy because you know what I mean? I know. I know. Yeah, because of this podcast and stuff. Like, people know us now. And you like, ha- yeah, I went to my landlord's and I dropped something off, right? And yeah. I've never met his wife before. I saw you on TV. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, same, know. man. Like, people walk up. So I'm, like, extra careful about that kind of stuff, too. Like, even at the gas station or <laughs> grocery store, going into the store, open the door, and, like, a piece of paper flies out. Man, I go get it. Because <laughs> oh. I'm like, damn, man, what if somebody's watching me? Like, well, how about that? Yeah, I thought you supposed to be doing good things. He's like, plastic bag flies through the parking lot. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like to protect the gift, too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I got to protect that miracle, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. But no, that's good, man, to be thankful and continue to trust God. I mean, trusting God is, is I mean, it was, uh, it's a huge part of recovery, too. That, because like, for me, uh, in my addiction, man, I lost all faith. Yeah. Man, I was straight up like cursing God. Man, I was just like, evolution, that's where I was going. Like, I thought, all oh, this was an accident. I was an accident. But then I fed into my addiction, too. It's like, yeah. well, who cares, then? There's nothing after this, anyway. You know, and, like, I was, I would talk like that. I'd go on rants like that. Argue with my folks like that. Like, man, God's not real. Like, man, Jesus wasn't here. Man, that's all made up. I talk like that to them. Yeah. Um, it's because I was bitter, because I was sour. <laughs> I get you. I feel you, bro. I, yeah, like, I've I done that. It. You know, yeah. I've done it time and time again. But I think, like, you know, the part of the story that really hits me, too, is is not only do we have that relationship with God, and not only does he call us, but when we respond to that call, but the part that really hit me is, like, a lot of times we're praying for God to do something, and he's already given us the creativity. Oh, yeah. Are the resources available to do it? And all we got to do is start, right? Like, now is the part. I'm like, okay, God, like, I, I get you. And the reason why is like last week I was invited to a colloquium out there in, in the hill country of Texas. What? I said colloquium yeah. last week and he said, is that even a word? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a colloquium. A colloquium is basically like an informal conversation, right? Did I? Um, oh, I apologize. And, and it was crazy because the opportunity, like I never felt so unprepared. And, and the reason why I felt unprepared was because it was a highly educated event and the person that reached out to me was the least educated and she had a master's Mm. and these are experts in their field from across the world. Mm. You had, uh, the chief medical doctor of one of the, um, Methodist or Presbyterian hospitals down there in Brooklyn. Mm. Um, you had people from like Belgium, you had people from England, Mm -hmm. 
like people that had already gotten degrees as architects, but were also theologians and oh, moving yeah. into like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like these guys have lived an educated life. And then there's me like two weeks ago, like God started talking to me about doing a certain thing. And I'm like, okay, I'll just share it. So God really started impressing upon me to write a book. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but I'm scared, right? Mm. Give myself all kinds of excuses and the, the Moses thing. And this all comes from my Minnesota trip. I'm like, okay. Didn't think nothing of it. So I get to the colloquium. Almost every single person in there, except for one, was a, except for two, were published. Mm. They were all published authors. Right. I go, okay, God, if I don't get it. And then I also find out that what I was suffering at the time, my overdose story, was an air embolism. And what it does is it stops the patient's heart when it gets there. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, there are times where it's able to squeeze through these two valves. And when it does, it goes through those valves and it goes straight to the patient's brain and causes a fatal stroke and they expire. Dang. And there is nothing medical professionals can do to stop it. It's always fatal. So when I had that that night and when I came back to the emergency room and I saw those doctors and nurses just kind of like, being astonished and looking at me, it was because I was supposed to die that night. Dang. And somewhere along the way, like, I forgot to be grateful. Mm. But also, back to the teaching, it's like, God has already blessed us with something to, A, be a blessing to others, but, B, also bless ourselves and take care of our life. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's already given us those resources inside of us. And it's really the question is like, what are we going to do with those? And, and I'm reminded of the story of the talents in the Bible. Mm. Remember there was one that went in, like they went in and invested and the other one went in, in and invested too. And it came back with something, but there was also one that went and buried his talent mm-hmm. and he got in trouble. Mm-hmm. So how come he didn't take it to the bank? How come he didn't take it to this? At least he could have gave me back more than what I gave you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of time that's what we do with our resources mm. is we bury them because it's the fear that's keeping us from stepping out mm-hmm. and being vulnerable. But that's not like I get that because it's like, man, that's what God was impressing upon me. And it's like, okay, God, I don't feel equipped. Mm. And the thing is, like, not wanting to get rich off the book. But having the idea that when I'm done with the book, it will fall into the hands of those that are meant to read it. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is trust God because what because of what he's brought me through. Mm. So all this time I'm thinking I'm not qualified to do this and do that. But this doctor, she was an emergency room doctor out there in San Francisco. She goes, and she told me everything. Like she described it. She was like, Randy, it's as if you were reading out of a textbook. And I'm like, man, like when I went back to my cabin that night, I couldn't stop weeping. Because somewhere along the way, I lost my gratefulness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when I look at every pivotal moment in my life, it's always been fear that kept me from doing what I know God has called me to do. Yeah. Because part of me doesn't want to be vulnerable because I come from the crow culture. How are my people going to take me? Mm-hmm. Oh, he just wants to be Joel Osteen. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like all the negatives is like, yeah. But at the end of the day, who effing cares? Well, God gave me that story, mm-hmm. and there are people that need to hear it and read it. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess what I feel like God is asking me is, are you willing to be that vulnerable? Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Weaponizing my testimony so nobody can use it against me. Yep. Which is exactly what Eminem did in yeah. my Against Papa Duck. We know how classic that was. And, and, mm. and that's kind of like, that's why I got to that portion of Speak On It. Mm-hmm. You know what? Real quick before I start, if you want to write a book, do it. Because I do think, it. I mean, my my thing is that I'm pretty sure God has been impressing on me to write since I was in grade school, and I never do it because of fear. And the one time that I did do it, I read a short story in front of all my peers in high school. And I was pretty sure I was the only one that got the standing ovation. Mm. So I said, go for it. Do you. That's what I am going to do. I started writing two days ago. Nice. nice. I already got the outline and got everything going. It's good. So the goal is to finish it by the end of summer and have it out. Right on. Awesome. <laughs> you awesome. know what I mean? Like That's awesome, huh? Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. On it. In it, bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. Hello, hello, hello. This is your favorite Indian, except no substitutes. And uh, before I start... I'm just going to say it right up front. You got little kids in the room. You're listening with your family or something. You might want to use headphones or whatever because shit's about, shit's about to get real. Um, Yeah, and to start, I mean, there's been a couple of things that I've been thinking about all week. And I would, just couldn't decide on which topic, I guess, for, you know, to, to go with. But something came up the other day and I'm not going to get into specifics or details, anything like that. I'm just going to tell you the lesson that I learned from that. And I think one of our biggest problems as indigenous people is we got to stop shitting on each other for every fucking little thing. I mean, who does that? Like to put each other down, you know, you can call it tribalism. You can, I mean, there's people in the same nation that are doing that to each other, people in the same community, probably even in the same family. Always trying to hold each other down, trying to say this one little thing to bring you back down a little a peg or to try to put you in your place or to try to make you feel bad. Like, I mean, who does that shit? You know, I mean, people have to stop in the way. And don't get me wrong. Like, if you're listening to this, I kind of, I'm assuming that you are already well on your way to becoming a, a better person. So maybe this is probably not an issue to you, but I guarantee you, you've probably seen it. And then people always have that disclaimer of, at the end, like I can say whatever I want to Josiah and Randy, but then at the end of it say, oh, I was just kidding. 
bullshit you were just kidding. Mm. That's just a disclaimer. That's just to kind of let you off the hook at the end. But you know, that shit needs to stop because it's stupid. It's dumb and it's, it's, it goes, well, first of all, it goes against, I don't know how those, our ancestors used to do it back when they were hunting buffalo. Uh, this guy can't even ride a horse and shoot a buffalo. Boy, you're stupid. Uh, do you think they said that? I don't. I think they encouraged each other. Okay, this is kind of, you know, you missed that time, but this is what you can try to do next time. I'll help you. I'll encourage you. I'll support you. But no, you go around now and people are just tearing each other down for every little reason. That's probably where our fear comes from, our fear of success. Randy just now talked about it. I can relate, and Josiah can probably relate too. It's like, it's almost ingrained in us, that crab pot mentality. And we're always doing that shit to each other, like, oh, you know, just just these. And it's not just one thing. Or how do you always say it? Uh, it's not just oh, it's one not time th- either. It's all the time. <laughs> it's it's all the time. But you know, like, and it and and it's so sometimes it's so subtle, and I think that makes it even more evil. Like, why don't you just come out and call me a piece of shit? Because <laughs> that's what you're thinking. Like, you know, that's you basically called me a piece of shit without having to say it. But I, you know, it's not what we say; it's the message we receive. Ooh. And to tear each other down like that, look, man, I got enough people out there who are willing to do that who aren't native. Mm. And they're doing it right now while we're sitting over here fighting over fucking table scraps. Those guys are out there eating steak, laughing at us, watching us destroy ourselves. And we're Mm. doing it to ourselves. Mm. Sometimes, you know, I'd never like to get up on some fucking high horse and act like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to do this and we got to. But some shit's got to stop. I mean, somebody has to say it. And, you know, I just, it, it just hit me this past week that, you know, that, cause it's devastating, especially to kids. Like, kids hear this stuff all the time. And it might not be directed at them, but they get that message. Like, oh, yeah. So if my, if this person is saying that, this other native person is saying that to one of my parents or, you know, somebody I look up to, then that's got to be true for me. On some level, that's where it has to be, that's where it goes. Right, like, and that, and then it's just this cycle of the same shit over and over and over and over, and we never get anywhere. Mm. We never get anywhere, and they say, you know, Josiah is saying, as a nation, we have to heal before we can move forward. Well, we have to heal ourselves, and if somebody is out there tearing down another person, that's on them. But at the same time, that affects everybody. So we have to heal ourselves within, right? Like, I have to take care of my bullshit before I can go out and try to help you with yours. And to me, that it just, it's, it's low self-esteem, low self-worth, um, you know, uh, a low vision of who we are as indigenous people. And that's ingrained in us. It didn't happen yesterday. It didn't start last week. Like, it was designed that way, and we fell into it, and we never got out. And you can't, and in the, yeah, of, of course, you know, within the last, you know, however many years we've been making great strides and a lot of people are out there doing good things. But I don't think there's enough of us supporting those people because we're afraid. We're afraid of ourselves. 
Like, if I'm scared of me, how can I support my brother over here who wants to write a book? If I'm scared of me, how can I support my brother over here who wants to do, you know, great things? Like, I don't feel good about myself, so you know what? I think I need you to be on my level rather than you guys picking me up. I'm going to kick and scream and pull you down. And it, and it, it it's, oh, man, it's just so senseless. And look... I'll be the first one to admit I've done that in the past, but that was the past, right? Like, you know, we try to make ourselves better each and every day. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act perfect, sanctimonious and self-righteous. Shit, I ain't that. I ain't perfect. I'm just a man. I'm a human being. But that being said, I am working towards a better tomorrow. Like, to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. And I think there are a lot of people out there who need to try that. Don't be afraid of yourself. That's what it is. Why are you afraid of yourself? I, 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 I've still got that fear of myself within me. And I battle it all the time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, Josiah tells us the buffalo doesn't go around the storm. He goes headlong into it, whether you like it or not. And so that's what I try to do. For me. For myself, I'm, I'm I'm only speaking about me. And, you know, if people are out there that have these issues, these negative issues that I was talking about, then, you know, you, you, you they have to find a way. We have to have to find a way to bring a more positive um, interaction with each other. Because at the end of the day, when you think about it, we just fight over dumb shit anyway. Like I said, we're fighting over fucking table scraps. Everybody else is eating steak. Throw a little bit of your leftovers my way. Then we fight over that. Then we get mad at the one who wins. Mm. And we should be go out there going out together as a hunting party and bringing back all the meat for ourselves. I don't know how I got into that analogy, but I like it. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> we almost <laughs> said it in the, in the wrong way, but you know we need to stick together and you know bring all those those things to us mm-hmm. because we're capable, we're smart. Like even the even the 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 person that I've ever come across so far into their addiction, no matter how rough a shape they were, and I always saw intelligence in people. Mm-hmm. Like just because somebody's in the midst of addiction doesn't mean they're stupid. Just because, you know, they're out there on the street and, they, you know, oh, he hasn't sha- uh, shaved and showered and, you know, whatever, a week and look at him, smell like booze. What That doesn't make that person less than human. doesn't make them stupid. They have an addiction. And I know that's probably like the worst case scenario, but we might as well stop, start from the bottom and go up. Because this isn't a race to the bottom. This is a journey to the top together. Start lifting each other up. Encourage people. If you can't do that, then just shut the fuck up. No, not Mm -hmm. saying anything is probably more powerful than encouraging somebody if you can't do that. Just keep it to yourself. If you got hang-ups, keep it to yourself. And again, man, I hate doing this. I hate, you know, popping off like that. But some things just get on my nerves, dude. And I can't help it. And it, 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 it makes me angry. 
it, if, I don't know if you noticed, but sometimes it pisses me off. And like, I don't know if anybody ever will get anything out of this, but what I got to do is get it off my chest. And I wasn't even trying to preach. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I felt good. So, nah, man, like, <clears throat> I just kept thinking about there's a meme that said natives will only will make fun of each other for working hard. Oh, good, look at this guy. He's really working real hard. You know, that kind of falls right in there where we're tearing each other down. And I remember <clears throat> in high school, you know, I went to a different high school. I went off the reservation, came to the city, came to high school here. And I lost the accent. And I started using full sentences. I didn't use the slang anymore. Yeah. And then when I went back, I heard that. Like what you exactly what you're saying. Oh, this guy talks like a white boy now. Okay, he talks like oh, yeah, he's really trying to talk like a white boy now. And I was like, what? What? Just because I'm using full sentences and proper English. That's what I thought. But I laughed it off at the time. I was kind of it was hurtful, you know. But um, it was like all right. So I started. Not liking those people that were saying that. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> then, as I grow older, you know, um, like today, I give a shit. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me. You know? Thank you. Um, yuck. Yuck. And, like, so being that more encouraging. Yeah, like Randy's going to write a book, man. My first thought was cool, man. That's awesome. That's awesome, you know? Um, the old me, you know, the toxic me might have been like, "Okay, scared to turn write a book. Who does he think he is?" You know, like that toxic toxicity. How I used to be. That's probably what I would have, where I would have went with that. You know, but when you said it, I was like, "Man, right on." Oh yeah, see you wearing a nice blazer, holding your book. (laughs) (laughs) No, at your local Barnes and Noble. And that's the thing. Like, it's not really like I'm writing an ebook. Because really, like, what I'm concerned about in this season is creating multiple streams of income. Oh, for sure. Because I feel like it's changing the game, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Rather than have my hand in one pot, I want to do as many as I can because otherwise I'm being a hypocrite in the way I'm raising my daughter. Mm. I'm raising my daughter to chase her goals. I'm raising my daughter to freaking reach for the world. Yeah. I'm raising my daughter with a worldview. Yeah. Not the Billings view that I've had for so long. True, and you're absolutely right. Like a one of the one of the biggest reasons why I didn't even want to say anything was because I'm afraid of the backlash. Mm, yeah, not a. I don't know if it's but afraid is right. Afraid is right because it's like we grow up with people saying stuff to us about whatever. Yeah, like I I, I shared somebody like my testimony right like almost dying like having. And this girl goes, oh, I heard you did a big boy shot and you couldn't handle it no more. That's why you're done. And this like, man, like, you know Dang. what I mean? Like, we we like, okay, like. That's so it. the story is like, okay, like, not that you had an outer body experience or near death. You just couldn't handle the dope. Man. That's that false pride I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like junkie pride. Junkie pride. And it's like, well, why is that even cool? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last episode. Like, that kind of shit ain't normal. But when you're in that realm, we make it normal, we make it funny, we make it blah, blah, blah. We act like that's everybody's experience. Yeah. 
And even worse, the next time we go, all right, then I'll do a big boy shot. And then, <laughs> boom, curtains. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then looking back, too, like, well, I was going to say looking back, a lot of the things that, you know, we tear each other down for, like like he was talking about, you know, his, his accent and then, the, you know, being able to articulate. Yeah. Like, that's dumb. That's fucking stupid when you think about it. Yeah. Like, who's going to say that to another person if they don't feel good about themselves? And that's really what it is. And the other thing, too, I think would well, why it always gets me so riled up is because, you know, I, you guys know part of my story was that I was always moving around. Mm-hmm. And I stayed on several different reservations, not just the Crow or Fort Belknap, but uh, Flathead and then one down in uh, uh, the Papago Res, well, Tana Otum is what they call themselves. And then, like, a boarding school. Well, not not only the one I went to in Chamawa, but um, when my dad was, when Santa Fe Indian School was still open, he was a teacher there. And so I saw, and not only was I moving around a lot, and I was always a new kid, so everybody found something that was different about me, even though I was just look like them. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, talk like them. I mean, like, you know, there's a little bit of those cultural differences from tribe to tribe, but still... I mean that's dumb too. Like tribalism is stupid. Yep. They purpose of they purposefully separated us and then put us close to the people that we were traditional enemies with, mm-hmm. so that we could end up like this. And we fe- we fell into it. But now that we are enlightened beings and we are seeing the truth of what really happened to us, now we have no excuse to keep carrying on. I think. True. You know what I mean? Like yeah, okay, yeah. I I get what they did back then and it worked. Yeah. Until now. I mean, that's what we have to say. That shit worked until today. Now, today, it's not going to work anymore because we're going to bring, we're going to build each other up. We're going to help each other. We're going to support each other. We're going to shout each other out. Right? Like, I I bet you $1,000, those those kids on reservation dogs probably go back to their homes and a lot of people love them, but there's still those, those haters, those fucking assholes who are going to say shit. It's, it's crazy because, like, I, I always equate things to, like, hip hop, right? And I was watching Boosie on Vlad. But anyway, he goes, most rappers are murdered in their own city. Dang. So when we look at, like, society in the entertainment realm, the blacks and the natives are exactly alike. Mm. They were both oppressed, but somewhere along the way, they became the oppressor. We oppress those that look like us, that sound like us. Mm. Because we feel like somewhere deep down inside of us that we're not good enough to succeed. Mm. Which brings me back to the point of like the fear of succeeding. Like that's a real thing and I never really thought about it. Like when I think about any time that I had an, an opportunity and I held back. Check this out. Last Sunday... I had every intention inside of me to cancel my flight Mm. because I felt like I wasn't good enough to go. And when I shared my story amongst these scholars and there wasn't a dry tear in that room because everything that they had learned about in a textbook is what I was sharing through my experience. Mm. 
So God did two things. He confirmed me the question that's been lingering for the past two years. Why were those nurses and doctors just looking at me? Why were they just backing away? Mm. Because they didn't expect me to live. I should have died. Mm. But had I not gone there, the cap on my mindset would not have been broken. See, we have these limitations that we're not even aware of. We limit ourselves. And a lot of times when we limit ourselves, we limit our brothers and sisters that we should be empowering. Really, at the end of the day, it's like, who cares about the knowledge that I gain if I can't help my brother with it? Mm. Who cares about me rising to the top if I can't bring my crew with me? You know what I mean? Mm. And a lot of times it's like when we do taste, taste a certain level of success, we have to realize that we can't hang out at home. It's not, it's not that we're not from there. It's the fact that we're no longer safe in an environment that we grew up in. Mm. Because people are hating on either our possessions or hating on what God has done in our life. And I know it's like that. And not to bring anything negative, but it was like, man, like for me, like I always aim to be the biggest encourager in the room. But when I shared my story on social media, and I wish I wasn't wired this way, but I saw all the people that didn't clap for me. Mm. And a lot of them were people that I pour into on a daily basis Mm. that did not like or comment anything on my post. Mm. And I put myself in a situation of like, man, anytime they have accomplished something, whether it's small in minds or not, I have made it a point to go and say, good job, keep up the good work. Mm -hmm. To always encourage those because I understand what it's like to be swinging alone. Mm. But it's also hurtful when we see it and it's like, God, I clap for them all the time. How come they don't clap for me? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is from a social media post. Yeah. Now imagine those people that see you accomplish great things in your life that never tell you or only tell you privately, good mm. job, Josiah, I'm proud of you. Mm. But yet they don't say it publicly for the world to know mm. that Josiah is your boy and you want him to win with everything that you got. Mm-hmm. Every time he wins, it's as if I won. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it, and the trippy thing was it came from the religious community and it came from the recovery community. And it hurt me Mm. because I'm like, God, every time they've done something noteworthy, I have made it a point to encourage them. And that's the reality that we live in Mm. is a lot of the people that are from where we're from will not clap for us Mm. because people want you to do good. They just don't want you to do better than them. True. Like, look at that. You had to go all the way to San Antonio. For someone to give you a platform to speak. And then I had to go all the way to Flathead to get a platform to speak. Yeah. You know, so it's like <clears throat> nobody's giving us that platform on our own home race. I'm not asking for it, but just making note of it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And we'll, I'll, I'll end with this too. I think having had this discussion, that our biggest, you know, the, our, our fear of success, our fear of self, 
I think a lot of it has to deal do with the fact that all the bullshit that comes with it. Because mm-hmm. we know a lot of that bullshit's going to involve the people that we love the most. Like, I love, I love my family. They're supportive, but, you know, I love my people. I love, you know, my tribes. Tribes. Yeah. I am half and half. I love indigenous people, love indigenous culture. That's why it makes me so angry. True. Because all that, a lot of that shit comes from the people that we love. Yeah. People mm-hmm. that we we identify with. And that's what makes it hard. But uh, thanks for letting me pop off like that, man. I feel a lot better. I feel a little bit, you know. Dog, I feel good. You feel, you look lighter. Is that a skinny joke? <laughs> Never heard that before. <laughs> no, there's only fat jokes. <laughs> I was going to, I seen a meme, I was going to send it to you guys. What does it say? Um. Oh, shoot. How did it go? Oh, I can't remember. I, I'll, I'll send it to you guys. It was it was crazy. Mm. But Sounds funny. It, it, it was, it was funny. forward to laughing. It was, oh, wait, no. In fact, I'm, I'm looking I forward post. to laughing. I'm looking forward, <laughs> looking forward to laughing later. Oh, see, you got one in the bank. <laughs> what? There's nothing wrong with having a little laughter for later. Right. Okay. All right, I'm waiting. Are you going to look for it now? <laughs> for it right now. Okay. I won't make you. I'll. I'll uh... dun, 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 dun. That's mm-hmm. your pretty song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Just be be more encouraging. Um, step out in faith. Uh, it takes a lot, but no man. All we can do, you know, just like if it's very difficult for you. Just. Step by step, I've been taking one step to one step today, or you know, you don't want to do that today and tomorrow, you know. First thing, um, like, all right, today I'm gonna be more encouraging in person and on social media. Um, yeah, that social media thing is, is I crazy. Find it. I'll, I'll find it later. Sorry, <laughs> it's crazy, yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, I've like, I same thing, like, I've I make it a point. No matter who it is, they do something, at least do a heart or, you know, say something, whatever. Um, but then, like, when I post stuff, like, maybe a dozen people like it yeah, and stuff. I was kind of like, oh, all right. And but you're doing I'm, good things. Yeah, and then, like, the other thing, too, remember, I, I've talked about it on here before, like, that first year recovery I was posting, yeah, I got three months, man. A bunch of people are commenting, even in person. Like, oh, hey, man, you're sober up. That's good, man. It's good. Six months, man. Encouraging, same number of people, you know. Uh, get to that year, man. A bunch of people are happy for you, man. Good job. Blah, blah, blah. And then you get, you proceed and progress. And then you get to two years, and that number is like way down. Yeah. Get to three years, and that number is even lower. And like people, you quit hearing the clapping and, encouragements but you know then god brings it on in my experience you know then god brought along other people to come and be in my corner and root me on yeah no people that matter which goes back to your story like the people that matter are the ones that are there no you know what i mean like you, like creating memories, man, with your parents. Like, bro, like you're always going to look back on those. I mean, like, hey, man, 
pulling the trigger on those, you know? Like, that's something that you're going to cherish. You already cherish it. Like you, like, man, we all have these things that we've gone through, man, and and it's like, it's important to root for each other because at the end of the day, there's room enough for everybody to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. True that. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Good speak on it. Man, you guys brought it as always. I always appreciate it because I know um, I kind of look forward when I speak on it week. I'm like, oh, I wonder what these two are going to say. <laughs> I know what they're going to wonder what they're going to bring. Um, but yeah, it's good, man. It's a good. It's all good, and I we appreciate you guys out there listening. Um, keep spreading the unspoken words, gospel. Do all that. But real quick before we do the close, um, Lakers Nuggets. Who you guys got? Lakers are winning right now, dog. I, I think Nuggets it. are gonna take it all, dude. I'm, yep, I'm, man, Nuggets all the way. Jokic is, it looks pretty unstoppable, huh? Dude. I watched him. Remember the, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. series, but he had a triple double in that game, bro. And it wasn't like for me, it wasn't like flashy. Yeah, yeah. like I remember getting him getting the ball at like half court, like right after the third period started, and like. He got it a few feet from, like, you know, Steph Curry range. Yeah. He grabbed the ball, just kind of nonchalantly, like, took, like, two steps, freaking launched it and snapped it, bro. See that one he hit on AD? Yeah. At the end of the third? Yeah. Like, this guy is, like, <laughs> I was watching Stephen A and all of them, too, and I'm like, man, this guy should have, he should have gotten the MVP. I don't know why Embiid got it. I don't know. <laughs> They're probably like, we gotta give it to someone else. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe they are hoping Embiid would, that would launch them into the finals. <laughs> and they say uh, Doc Rivers never won a game seven? Yeah. Mm. Every game seven he's lost. Dang. Oh, he got fired. So, that's crazy, man, because so did uh, Bucks coach and Monty Williams. Dog, these aren't just any coaches. They're no. freaking championship coaches. And they're the three of the teams that had the best records in the NBA. Yeah, like they're not even coaches that failed, bro. Like anybody else, they'd be getting an extension. Yep. All right, who was the other? Uh, man, what was I going to say? So something just hit me about Monty Williams. I forgot. They fired uh, Lakers coach too. Yeah. He won one in the bubble. Who? Oh, no, yeah. Darvin Ham? No, uh, Frank Vogel was his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darvin Ham, this is his first year. Yeah. No, but Steve Kerr, right? What do you guys think about that whole fiasco? It looks like Jordan Poole was the freaking punk. Yeah. And the whole season, like, it seemed like it was the other way around. Yeah. Like, we were all blaming Draymond. Not we, but, like, you know. Yeah. Society. Yeah, society was like, (laughs) Draymond's toxic, like, all this, and. Then everything comes out at the end of the year, like where. Oh, I missed that. I didn't even see anything. Jordan Poole was being disrespectful to everybody at practice that day, and Steve Kerr included. He wouldn't listen to him. Hey, like throughout the whole season? No, in, in the, the playoffs. No, at the beginning of the season. Remember oh, when Draymond hit? Yeah, okay. Jordan Poole. Yeah, they said that's where the season was fractured. Dang, but was because they never recovered. But Draymond was actually sticking up for Steve Kerr, the coach. Mm. And they asked Steve Kerr the other day at his exit interview, do you guys 
so what's going to happen to Draymond? And he was straight up, he goes, if Draymond ain't back, this isn't a championship team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see his worth. I didn't like him, but I but see he, his worth. But he does like all the intangibles. Yeah. And like I'm kind of like, I'm looking at Jordan Poole. I'm like, oh, man, you are. And, and forgive me, but my mind was like, man, you are just a young punk. Yeah. You know, like. Because there's even times like that. When he took that long shot instead of dribble driving, attacking, yeah, and, and he bricked it like just like Clay and um, Steph was like their body language. Looked at him? Yeah, their body language was like, oh, well, you really just did hell? that? Yeah. Or else the other day when he was running back to the huddle, and Draymond is like trying to give him encouragement, and he like freaking like yeah, boom, like pushes him away and goes and sits down. So Steph like follows him. Grabs him out. Grabs him and freaking like just has a conversation with them. Yeah. Makes him go and shake hands with Dream. Yeah. Yeah. I seen that. See? All it takes is one bad apple. Yep. Yeah. One bad apple. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's anything else? No. Nope. You're about to jump in there? No, no, no. All right. Let's close this out. It's a good one. Well, out there, all our listeners all over Flat Earth, we love you. We appreciate you. And to our unspoken words, disciples, keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style. And with that, we are out. Hey, Shinook. Deuces. I'm trying to get